This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Beaver fam, it's Sarah Hendigas, pitcher for the Oregon State softball team. Thanks for tuning in to the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Go Beavs and chop them. Is Benny coming or did he transform into Charles M? <laughs> That's just Benny's burner. <laughs> Here we go. There he is. Let's call him out. <laughs> he had to sign out of his various burners. Benny Burner. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he has so many nicknames, folks. For some reason, the Zoom isn't working on my computer, so I had to log in through the browser. You're a little delayed. I'm a little delayed. All right, here, give oh, me just a You're second. not delayed on mine. You're just delayed because you're using your... Charles M. YouTube burner account. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? What a con! We're on you. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) You came to me. <laughs> you guys, uh, Benny. Hi. We have some big news to get. We to. have a lot of news to get to. There is massive news uh, that we need to uh, address. Uh, first of all, uh, happy holidays, Beaver fam. Uh, happy Belligerence once again. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, happy upcoming Serbian New Year, uh, if you're a Nikola Jokic fan. Uh, Serbian, our Serbian Christmas is on January 7th, uh, which is part of why uh, Nikola Jokic is still balling uh, out of control. Different kind of calendars. Uh, but of course, <laughs> of course, you know, let's be real. There is one holiday that trumps every other holiday this season. One holiday that rules above them all. The reason uh, we were all celebrating yesterday, having parties, giving each other presents, going crazy, uh, and that is, of course, John Dunmore Jr.'s birthday, which is December 25th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Benny, congratulations and happy birthday. Happy your favorite Beaver player's birthday day. Yeah. The, um, most, the most important person. The most ever wonderful time, time of December the year. 25th. Uh, of course, uh, JP, please play Five Seconds of Killer Whale by Audrey Nicotina, preferably the part where he says, does somebody say Phil Mo? Phil Mo. In honor of somebody saying Dunmo uh, yesterday. <laughs> happy birthday, John Dunmore. Uh, happy birthday, Santa. Happy birthday, uh, Jesus. Um, even though your birthday was probably in the summertime, but that's the... Uh, uh, debate for for another another episode of uh, belligerent beeves. Uh pretty exciting Christmas day. Uh, well, pretty exciting Christmas Eve, but more exciting Christmas Eve Eve. Cause mm-hmm. one of the presents under Jonathan Smith's tree 
tucked uh, right uh, under the the ornament that I believe connects to the actual transfer portal. And that was <laughs> I think so. a gift containing DJ Ui Yungalole, who is transferring from Clemson to Oregon State. It's official. He tweeted it. He tweeted it. It's not. We're not just going off of Big Dave tweeting how much he loves Corvallis, which <laughs> honestly uh, gets me going more than anything DJ says. Uh, but <laughs> D- DJ confirmed it. Uh, the photoshops of DJ in orange and black um, are are all over the place. And uh, unless something, uh, another wild chapter of this saga takes place, uh, DJ will be competing for the starting quarterback job at Oregon State University starting this spring. Uh, also, there is more transfer news before that. Uh, Jonathan Smith tweeted, damn right, as he's known to do. And everyone kind of thought uh, it, it was DJ time. And it was a, a, a tackle named Grant Stark from the University of Nevada, who is a <laughs> very highly rated tackle in the transfer portal and had some pretty compelling offers. But when everyone's expecting potential QB one in the transfer portal when it's an offensive lineman, that's kind of like, I don't know if, if you're, my mom always put an orange in my stocking, I think just cause it, it fit good. Uh, <laughs> and, and while it's still nice to get a nice ripe orange in the stocking, I think that's a uh, no offense to offensive lineman anywhere. By this point in your lives, you get it. Uh, that's like getting a, getting a very nice orange in your stocking when the like a chocolate the, orange when the Nintendo sixty four is somewhere else under the tree. Yeah, well, you don't uh, want you scurvy. Just, yeah. You can't play right. Nintendo sixty four if you have scurvy. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so of course this came out an hour after we recorded our last episode. Yeah, and we just fuck it, just publish it. Why not? Um, so obviously a good chunk of our conversation would have been different. Um, and we talked a lot about football last episode and we've got some other teams that we have to get to, and we're going to get to them today. Uh, but we obviously have to talk a little bit about DJ, DJ, uh, and Grant Stark and just sort of where the football team's at right now. Football never stops. Uh, the, the wee hours before Christmas Eve, Kind of felt like maybe a little bit Friday, like a Friday news dump. Uh, so like no like podcasts immediately posted new episodes. There was there was a ton of social uh, reaction, but I feel like it wasn't kind of the the usual college football media shitstorm that has happened with other transfers, which is kind of in line with our style a little bit. But so now that we've marinated on it. Uh, over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We are recording this episode on uh, the evening of Monday, December 26th, uh, the 77th episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Beaver fam. What are your guys' thoughts? How are you feeling? What are you thinking? DJ Ui Youngalale to Corvallis announced days ago. Uh, yeah, Ex- exciting times, No matter no matter how you slice it. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I'm very very excited about this move. Uh, I, I think the uh, argument, and we've made the argument, but the argument certainly can be made that Oregon State was a quarterback away from being uh, 11 and one uh, and playing in the Pac-12 championship game, potentially for a college football playoff spot, and and that is not an embellishment. I mean, that's what it was. We were within uh, three points of both USC and Washington, both games that we should have won and probably would have won with superior quarterback play. Um, <clears throat> and now you have uh, 
a, a very large portion of a very good offensive line coming back, uh, along with some really good weapons at receiver, um, arguably the best freshman running back in the country, uh, and a a number of um, of sort of the staples on our defense coming back. This team can be really, really scary next year. I think you're you're starting to hear about it on um, sort of the the national platforms of you know watch out for Oregon State. I saw a couple w- one particular national pundit say that Oregon State was his dark horse pick for the college football playoffs for next year, which obviously could change um, as we're a long ways away from that. But uh, I mean this this was the number one quarterback prospect coming out not five years ago or six, it was two years ago. He was the number one college football uh, or number one high school senior quarterback coming out and the number five overall player uh, coming out. So look, I don't know X's and O's very well. I certainly don't know Clemson football very well, but from what I've heard, the system is uh, is very heavy on um, the option read. Uh, and, and that's really just not set up for DJ. So uh, Jonathan Smith is a quarterback whisperer. I think he'll get the most out of DJ. Um, and if he does, I, the sky's the limit for this team next year. I want to talk a bit even about beyond next year, because obviously I think this is a huge impact for next year and the trajectory that this team was on, you know, concluding the season this past you know month. But I think that this means a lot more for Oregon State when it comes to kind of playing with the big dogs. Like, at this point, there wasn't a lot of destinations left for DJ. Like, let's put it that way. You know, I mean, the the options were getting filled up. But yep. he still picked Oregon State. And it's not just him, but Aiden Childs picked Oregon State. Kelsey Howard picked Oregon State. So when you're thinking about the kind of recruits and the kind of team that we're building, this just means that we've unlocked that next level, that we're not just going to be, you know, flipping three stars, two stars to NFL caliber athletes, which is still – a possibility with this program but this also means now we're going to start recruiting some of these big names and we're going to land them and we'll see the success that comes from that uh, for years and years i think for sure i and i think the to go off on that it's i've always had this thought in my head right like if you're a professional sports franchise and you're doing really really good consistently there's sort of uh a, a built-in mechanism to shift you back to not being as great because you're the last to get the draft picks, right? But when you're a college team, success is sort of compounds on itself. So if we have, I mean, let's let's go and and go to imaginary land and say that Oregon State does get into the college football playoffs. That's going to draw so many more eyes of these high school seniors onto the program, like you said, Jay. And and it, it is going to be um, a compounding interest sort of yep. situation that we'll find ourselves in. Yeah. Right. And I also think beyond DJ, just being a really talented player and thinking sort of on like the just micro level of imagining DJ playing quarterback for Oregon State. Like you said, we had some, uh, despite you know, us loving everyone who played for us this year. Uh, we had some games where, you know, quarterback play wasn't exactly fantasy football mania or anything. But beyond just the, the you know, dreams of sugar plums, I'll use that terminology since it's a day after Christmas, <laughs> um, kind of like thing that's like fun to let your imagination run away with you. It gives Smith another asset to deal with. And one of the best points that 
I kind of saw uh, or, or heard in uh, all of the kind of like analysis uh, aftermath after this decision was made is that Smith has demonstrated a very good ability to adapting the offense to the quarterback he ha- he has in there. Uh, we've had to have a bunch of different quarterbacks play for Oregon State in, in the five years since Smith has taken over. And there's never been like a, a true, just total uh, drop back and sling it passer giving way to a total mobile read option quarterback. There's never been like that much of a shift, but all of these guys are different quarterbacks. Like the difference between you, like Lou and Jed, Nolan, Gilbranson, there are a ton of just notable uh, differences. Uh, so I think the way that Smith has shown that he's able to adapt an offense to different quarterbacks is just he's the type of coach that will take advantage of having all the different quarterbacks uh you know at his disposal uh so another quarterback asset in the room is significantly helpful so even if you know dj doesn't turn out to be the prince that was promised and there is a large percent chance that that will be the case uh you know reality is usually somewhere in the middle of when these things uh come up um, but just like the different things, like if like if there's a big injury last year, if something goes haywire, uh, so many more options are open. And Smith is obviously someone we trust and someone who has shown a, a keen uh, adaptability uh, in in those situations. So it just puts the program in like a much safer spot. I think it's fun to think about how high the ceiling just got, but I think you have to notice that the floor elevated pretty significantly and i think it's a pretty good sign of a program's growth when the floor keeps going up and up and up uh as exactly well. yeah and i i mean we're going to i can't remember another time where we were in a position of having uh so much potential at the quarterback position not with just dj but with aiden childs as well and i think this low-key yeah. could be a really good thing for Aiden, uh, DJ uh, and Aiden do, don't really play similarly, but I think the experience that yeah. someone like DJ brings from being the starting quarterback at Clemson and backing up someone like Trevor Lawrence, um, yeah. that is that is something that's going to be really good, not just for Aiden, but for Gold Branson too. I mean, they're both really young, so right. um, it's good. I, I think it's something that could be good for all three of them and for all other quarterbacks who, who are involved as well. I don't think DJ is going to walk in and be handed the job by Smith. Uh, he's going to have to earn it, and he's going to have to earn it while in competition with a very highly touted quarterback, a quarterback who's shot up rankings every with seemingly with every snap he took this year, uh, yep. who is also is even more impressive in interviews and in person than he is, than his game tape is. Uh, and then also with a dude who went 7-1 as a starter. So... Uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, rising tide, you know, lifts all ships and uh, all of those guys are going to going to have to bring it. I think, you know, DJ's for sure the in-house favorite. Any depth chart projections between now and when we play San Jose State on, I believe, September 2nd, 2023, uh, will likely have DJ in that number one spot. But, dude, spring camp is going to be lit oh it's gonna be so <laughs> yeah. the most oregon state spring camp is ever talked about on like a national scale uh so we have a ton of time between then and now to talk about dj's fit in the offense 
what actually happened at Clemson. <laughs> the 10 best things DJ Uwe Youngalale does on the football field. That will play out over the offseason. Uh, we're not going to try and hammer all of that information into one episode, but there probably won't be too many episodes that pass between now and March that don't at least <laughs> mention something about DJ Uwe Youngalale, <laughs> uh, which is great for podcasting. It, it's great for what we're doing here, and it, it's fun for the fan base too. Uh, and yeah, and again, Big Dave, I, I know you have a son at Oregon as well. So we're, we're not going to – we're going to be respectful about this. We love the family dynamic, house-divided dynamic. I certainly grew up in houses divided for other rivalries. Respect for that. But uh, love seeing the praise and positivity towards Corvallis, Oregon. So so keep that, <laughs> keep that coming. And yeah, uh, we'll 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 for sure try and get a uh, Big Dave on the show uh, at some point um, in one of the spaces and chat with uh, with him. He's an uh, awesome individual as well. So this is gonna be fun for the fan base uh, and hopefully fun for the team. Uh, just <laughs> the the type of news you want heading into a Christmas weekend. Isn't it so crazy too that like we're going to have a state of the art stadium opening up next year with, I I, I mean. It may be just because we're in the moment, but I can't remember another Oregon State team that was that I was this excited about. Yeah, I, I mean, like this. This well, maybe is really 2001. Exciting. Yeah, this well, will be the most anticipated yeah. team since 2001. Yeah, which yeah, definitely may or may not be a good. <laughs> but right, different era. Different it's exciting. Era. It's very yeah, yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be hard to not th- really like look ahead. Like when we get into the dog days of summer, I always try to not wish July and August away. I think we'll be wishing July and August away. Yeah, man. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. You know, just when days are hot, you're waiting for a crisp fall. Carlos Correa isn't playing for any of your favorite professional baseball teams. <laughs> you just need Beaver football. So well, welcome to the Beaver fam, uh, DJ Uyalongole. And also welcome to Grant Stark, lineman from Nevada. We know how far a good uh, offensive line can take you. So obviously adding uh, another big boy up front is something we love. And Grant's father, Justin, uh, new Twitter follower of the Belligerent Bees podcast and was in the uh, Belligerent Party. Uh, nice. on, on Twitter spaces. So nice. Grant's that welcome, Mr. Stark. Uh, appreciate you uh, following and supporting this show already. Uh, best of luck to uh, you you and your family uh, the, the, this coming season uh, and beyond. Uh, so real quick, is, is Stark supposed to be taking uh, Kipper's spot? If things we have, no, out? we have no idea because we could ha- we could be bringing back uh, I, I think we need to know everything, like who's coming back, because yeah. he's played tackle for Nevada, and at the moment it kind of feels like uh, we'll have well, Gray has said he's coming back, and I imagine yep. Fuaga's coming back, uh, but you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, but a lot, a lot of those guys have played other positions as well. So yeah, uh, they'll slot them all down together. Ma- Ma- Mikhail check will, <laughs> yeah, I think you'll you'll get them uh, in a good spot. So. Uh, definitely positive news for uh, the offensive line. Uh, did any of you, did either of you, did any of us get anything uh, under the tree half as exciting as uh, the Oregon State Transfer Portal news uh, this weekend? Benny, nothing? No. no. <laughs> and I know Not JP was, uh, we just keep getting sick. Maybe uh, there's a thing to that. 
but J- <laughs> J- JP, our bodies give, are give breaking a, down. Give us a two minute. Yeah, the the nightmare before Christmas turned into the of your kids and wife being sick turned into the nightmare of Christmas. Yeah, and and you being sick. Uh, give yeah. us the one minute version of how horrible your Christmas day was, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So two days before Christmas, uh, the mini bay comes down with like some sort of stomach bug, and he's sick all day. Then the next day he's fine. So Christmas Eve he's fine. Midway through Christmas Eve, my wife's like cooking up some stuff for our our breakfast casserole for Christmas Day. She's c- cooking or making cookies for Santa, and she says, "Ah, I think my stomach's getting kind of weird." An hour into Christmas Eve dinner, she's like, "We need to leave. We're at my in-laws." So we leave, and she just is out all night from like 6 p.m. 7 p.m. onward. So I'm like, well, I got this. I'll handle it all. And I'm handling everything, you know, Santa wise and Christmas and everything else. And the next morning I wake up at six and I'm like, uh oh, something's wrong with my stomach. And you so, weren't waking up at six because you're excited for Santa Claus. No, no. <laughs> but I was really hoping that my kids would because I was like, I don't know how much longer I have. So hopefully they'll just wake up, go open presents, and then I can just like go deal with this. We had to wake up the the baby, the two year old, and like get her out of her crib to be like, it's time to go open presents. Santa was here. Yeah. Get up. <laughs> so we go downstairs. We're opening presents, and I'm like, I'm struggling, dude. Like maybe a half hour into it, I, I'm like puking in the kitchen sink, running back in into the living room, watching them open more presents, going back and puking again. I puked a dozen times in 10 hours yesterday, and I slept all day. Can can you imagine, and this is just because of the line of work that I'm in and like the type of just (laughs) content I deal with every day, but can you imagine being that sick and it's like four in the morning and you like go downstairs to puke in the downstairs bathroom to be a good dad and not not wake up your, your resting wife and children and you're just stumbling down the stairs waiting for the moment where it's appropriate to vomit and fucking Santa is actually in your living room. Like, can you imagine discovering, wait a minute, Santa is real, but like also being like, wait, I need to puke real bad. And then you, then you puke and come back and Santa's just gone. Gone. You'd be like, wow. You'd be like, baby, he's real. He's real. I mean it. That might, that might, that'll be, that'll be the book after Beard of the Unseen Punch. Nice. Oh, it's San- Santa's Beard of the Unseen Punch. Whoa. Oh. A holiday, uh, a holiday edition. I don't know. We're, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll workshop this later. Um, well, it looks like you're feeling better now. And are you wearing a pearl necklace? Yeah, you like that? Pearl and chain. I, I Whoa. Do that. Yeah, that's sick. Wild. Is that a Christmas wow. present? Yeah. From my nice. Oh. oh. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I've I've seen Pearls are in, man. I've I've seen short pearl necklaces on mm-hmm. um, dudes mm-hmm. lately. That's and the first I, time I've seen one. Yeah. That's now you gotta buy tight. one. You look like a guy that Benny and I would have seen in Vegas, and had we not known, just like looked at him and be like, "This fucking guy." <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Tupac shirt? When, when the was pearls? the last time you saw a pearl necklace? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks it looks very good. Uh, Tupac shirt, of course, and a nice uh, that of always nice Chopham hat. So yeah. um, uh, I saw a, a lot of our orders kind of kind of flew off the shelves thank you to everyone who uh visited uh slash merch for your it's remains just 
mind-boggling to me that some of this merch that we created slash JP created, JP's done virtually all of it. Sometimes yep. Betty and I might help with ideas. The production is all JP. That <laughs> two years ago, when you guys were like, oh, the shirts that our podcast makes, people will give as Christmas gifts. Um, so shout out to everyone who, who did just that. Uh, you absolutely do not have to, but we are uh, tickled to death that you did. And also, I we think it makes a great uh, belated uh, Christmas gift or holiday mm-hmm. gift. Um, 100%. As well. uh, New Year's if or- gift. If you order it today, it might get there by the end of Kwanzaa. Uh, belated Hanukkah gift. Or welcome to 2023 gift. Yeah. Uh, Belligemous. Sir- extended Belligemous. Uh, Nikola Jokic Serbian Christmas gift. Uh, <laughs> everything. So, yeah. it's The, the merch store is not going away. Uh, Benny, how was your Christmas, buddy? It was good. It was uh, very, very low key. I was debating whether or not to go visit my uh, my immediate family out in Iowa. Um, oh, you were you were very... after after you got shamed for going <laughs> to the Vegas Bowl. The guilt you, well, just built up too much. That's that's your oh, you you Catholic boys growing up. That's your Catholic guilt for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very you won't glad be I at midnight mass in Vinton, <laughs> Iowa, Benjamin. <laughs> Instead, he went mass. to a he went to a football game in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Lump of yeah. coal in your stocking, buddy. <laughs> I am. I, I'm very glad I didn't. Uh, we, the weather looks like it may have uh, uh, well, uh, fucked up my plans. But. I the weather in Iowa just applied to the entire country somehow. Yeah, <laughs> so no one could get yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it's bad. So, oh, mom, my flight got canceled. <laughs> I, I did buy the ticket though. It's, we're getting rerouted to Vegas again. This is so wild. <laughs> I have to go buy more porcelain dunks. <laughs> Apparently, they have the vaccine for COVID in the porcelain. I'm going to go find out how it works. <laughs> uh, but you and Yuri had a great uh, Christmas day with, with the dogs then, I, I take yeah. it. Watching, yeah, it was nice. Watching some basketball, watching some football. Watching some football, Baking all day, cooking all day. We nice. uh, we ate well yesterday. Were you baked all day? Well, not yeah. We baked these little <laughs> well, puff not. <laughs> we baked these little puff pastries with prosciutto and brie, oh, and then we had some pep- pepper jelly on the just, top. Ooh. Just sitting around Ooh. being stony all day. <laughs> On Maybe. Jesus's birthday. Yeah, Sounds it was nice awesome. actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could have used that when I was throwing up all day. Oh yeah, yeah you could have. <laughs> Man. Right. My yeah. uh my Christmas day basically consisted of me chasing my four year old nephew around uh and doing what he he always says, Uncle Terry, can you do a trick? And a trick <laughs> a trick is me picking Summer's him all. up and flipping him upside down and like oh, throwing nice. him on the couch. I made the mistake of doing that one time and he thought uh. it was the <laughs> fun thing ever when he was like two and now he's four and he's getting heavier or whatever so it's either that or he was like way too tired for whatever was just like uncle terry let's go watch paw patrol <laughs> and i was like oh can we watch it on your laptop or on your little ipad screen so i can also watch the game and he's like no <laughs> so we went and uh, watched on the tv in my parents room uh and wa- watched an hour-long episode of paw patrol oh torture uh, so 
I honestly, I, I'm, I'm saying this as a person who doesn't have kids and doesn't have to deal with this. The one hour of Paw Patrol, not that bad. I was expecting worse. It's, I, it's, I, yeah, it's PTSD for me. When it compounds day after day, <laughs> that one hour feels like an right. eternity. For sure. Um, I actually, we actually both fell asleep for about 20 minutes of it. Nice. Uh, it was, it was an hour long episode. It was, it was very, high drama uh you know friends became enemies enemies became friends uh but they they paw patrol saved the day at the end spoiler alert sorry oh god uh, for... <laughs> benny hasn't seen it yet oh i'm so Thanks a lot terry i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry benny oh man it's about as dramatic as uh the white lotus as well so um... oh i finished season one last night that's what you i did, did okay yeah, well, nice. so so were, were we right and that you'd like it oh it's so good Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably start season two tonight. Yeah. When you said last night for Christmas, I was thinking, wait, it was Christmas yesterday? I'm so confused. Christmas was, <laughs> Christmas was yesterday. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Nice. I was on – I started uh, episode two of season one yesterday and finished season one yesterday, if that gives you any indication nice. on how stony baloney I was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Find an episode to watch uh, in those, or a show to watch in those circumstances. I think I yeah. might start season two tonight, Benny. I am uh, too. If, if you kind of want to go on that journey together, yeah, yeah that's like that, it. That looks that looks like something that uh, that uh, could be fun. Uh, let's uh, also fun. Another fun thing is uh, the Reagan beer segment. Yeah. I almost just skipped right over it, but I caught myself. How could you? <laughs> How could I? And I, I have a very I, I'm proud of my of my beer for for this one. Should I go first? Because I never yes. go first. Go, go first. first. Go first. Do so, it. I'm uh I'm heading down to New Orleans, one of my one of my favorite uh cities in the world. Probably it, it's tied with it's, New Orleans is tied with Minneapolis and Portland in a, a three way tie for my favorite city in the world, city in the country. Anyway, um, so in a Beta Brewing Company in New Orleans. Uh, this is my second consecutive uh, New Orleans beer for a week, but Abita has been around for a, a while. I don't even know if it's considered microbrewer craft brew because of it, how big it, it is uh, and just how long it's been around. But their flagship lager is called Purple Haze. Mm. It's a raspberry lager, very drinkable. Fell in love with this beer when I was in New Orleans during the summer <laughs> one year. Uh, maybe even that first <laughs> trip I ever went with when you were with me, Benny, that uh, – that great uh, spring break trip in March oh. of 2010, March of 2010, uh, and we we still we've teased this a little bit. Our the how we got to New Orleans remains one of the funniest uh, <laughs> tw 20 hour sequences of my life. But we will save that for another day because we don't have 20 hours to recreate that story. But we for you and I for sure drank this beer a lot that week. Uh, and just oh, yeah. in honor of the Minnesota Vikings winning another crazy fucking game, I figured a purple beer is a is a good thing. So, purple haze. There's no more uh, Beaver football games uh, this season, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but there are more Vikings games, so I can now put uh, all of my heart and energy into into those games uh, with with this nice sort of cherry on top of the Beaver football season. Purple haze. Get it. Especially when it's you know hot, whatever. So it's a little off season right now. But I saw it in my neighborhood liquor store and had to get it. So uh, Abita Brewing, shout outs to the New Orleans, shout outs to the Minnesota Vikings, and shout out to the color purple. And also just getting hazy 
Which we get it in your brain. All kinds of ways. Yeah. And shout out to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which we listened to maybe not a lot of, but at one particular bar, and it was very fun. There is a very specific <laughs> listening of Blood Sugar Sex Magic that you and I will never forget for as long <laughs> as we have memories. <laughs> New, Orleans, New Orleans is a fun, fun I city. won't even ask for five seconds of any song on that album because that I don't want to take away any of the specialness. So you're <laughs> request for that. Thank now, you. But what I will ask of you, JP, is are you drinking? And I know you are drinking. Yes. I, I saw a beer. <laughs> Maybe that's why you feel better because you've been drinking beers in preparation for this episode all day. Probably. That's what I think it is. Um, I, <laughs> I told my mom yesterday, I was like, Christmas is one of those days where I feel like at 10 a.m. you hand me a mimosa and I'm just never don't have a drink in my hand the entire day. But even by 10 p.m. I'm not drunk. And she's like, that's not how it works, Terry. And I'm like, pretty sure it is. I'm going to yeah. drive back to my apartment. Now. Just <laughs> yeah. kidding. Drunk what do you know, mom? Uh, don't do it. What do you know, mom? Stupid. <laughs> uh, but JP, I I, uh, I know you are um, have some some liquid gold, of, yeah, of some variety. I do, I do. So what, what do you what do you have for this evening, sir? I'm drinking a thank you for existing Kolsch. Oh, and, I like that message. Yeah, I thought it was nice and timely, and you know, in the season of giving thanks, winding down. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I gave proper thanks to you and everyone listening for existing. I appreciate you all. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. actually a pretty light Kolsch from Dissolver, which is a okay. microbrewery in Asheville, North Carolina. Dude, we got to get mm. to Asheville one of these I days. know. Why does it seem like I've had a lot of beers from there? Anyways, they spell because Dissolver Because the beer scene there is amazing. They spell yeah. it D-S-S-O-L-V-R. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So no E. No e. Cool. Okay, yeah. yeah, but it's good. I gave it a th- I gave it a three point eight, but its its right. overall rating was a three point seven nine. So I actually oh, rated it higher yeah. than the average. Yeah, because it's making me feel so good. And, and you, your only five points go to block fifteen beers, as as stated. All, all of right. them. Yeah, and yeah, you're, boom, you're boom, that, boom. That, check them all off. Yeah, so that's you know that's like a nice B B average uh, for you. Yeah, still better than I did in college. Shout out Dissolver in in Ash. Shout out Asheville too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I know we got North Carolina listeners, so the North Carolina listening contingent, uh, give it, give come us come on and raise North- up. <laughs> come on and raise up, uh, JP. Please play five seconds of "Raise Up" by Petey Pablo for the oh, one thousandth time on this podcast. Yes. Have we listened to this song more times than there have been episodes of the podcast? Probably. I don't know, but I'll be listening to it for the holiday bowl. Yeah, yeah. Well, go heels. Yeah. Uh, not sure why or who they're playing, but uh, just for whatever reason, I'm cheering for the North Carolina. Big Tar Heels uh, fans. My fans father-in-law there. admitted this uh, holiday season he won't listen to us anymore as an Oregon grad because we talk too much shit about Oregon. Oh, well. Sad. Well, his loss. Yeah, can't. Yeah, take it. <laughs> I, I think it's because we're getting too good. I don't even think we talked that much shit about Oregon. I was kind of thinking about this today because obviously we're biased and we're, we think no. we're great and we're, we're handsome. But I was like, I wonder, uh, like I, we haven't done, we, we get a lot of data points, uh, the actual amount of 
uh, shit we talk about Oregon is, is not tracked by by our hosting service. <laughs> um, but at the beginning, it was kind of funny. Like I'd say within the first like twenty five episodes, uh, we'd have you know like like your in laws or just other like friends. We do have friends who have gone to the University of Oregon, uh, contrary to popular belief. We're like, yeah, the show's kind of dope. So, so go Oregon. But then there's that couple, like, there's a few different dudes on Twitter who are like, not going to lie, Belligerent Bees is a fun listen. Keep it up, fellas. And we're yeah. like, thanks, but <laughs> why? And maybe it's just because, you know, we're still, we're still like cute little brother, like not as shitty as they, you know, think, think we usually are, but... Now that now, now that like you said, we're now running with, recruiting with, and beating the big dogs. So uh, I don't think they'll tolerate us that much anymore. And I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> well, look, and if if you want to know why people love us, I think that this uh, most recent review of our podcast definitely deserves some airtime. And I think I should read this out loud. This was from a random internet stranger who stumbled upon. Uh, a random internet attorney. Yes, who stumbled upon <laughs> our YouTube and found an episode from uh, months ago. Do you know how sobering it is when you're just having a normal boxing day and somehow you get notifications that there have been 17 comments by a single user on a YouTube video that is six months old? <laughs> <laughs> but here was his review of our podcast. Dumb and Dumber, Beavis, Butthead, all do conference realignment, sorta, and then in parentheses, after smoking some pretty good pot. Lot of <laughs> foolishness, but all fun, plus good ideas too. <laughs> I think that the, that the, sums us up perfectly. I've spent the last several hours of today trying to figure out what's the funniest part about that, and it's either the plus good ideas too, <laughs> <laughs> Not using and good ideas to uh, somehow he used the right two, which is <laughs> he is an attorney. The, the the parts that went in when he started going into the parentheses and then added the pretty good pot into brackets, that funny. Into <laughs> brackets within the parentheses. I'm like, this is like the fucking Da Vinci code of reviews. <laughs> 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 Everything like it being such an old episode. Uh, yeah. I wasn't ready to uh, defend our take on conference realignment. That was done uh, in very reactionary spirit. <laughs> one day on June 30th, <laughs> and immediately when JP came out of the woods, but Hey, that's why we gotta be good. We gotta be ready to be challenged at any moment. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, lawyer Chuck Esquire. Um, that is when we've we've teased the uh, existence of a belligerent beeves lawyer on several episodes <laughs> in the past. That that is our He's lawyer. He's hired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Benny, do you have anything for tonight? For this yeah. Uh, yeah. Sapporo, uh, which is brewed by Sapporo, uh, and it's brewed <laughs> in Japan, where we are the number ninety six sports podcast. <laughs> That's right. Hey, yep. we just we just sold another uh, chop em in Japanese we beanie last week. Oh, nice! Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since one of those has got off the shelves, but uh, it's good to see it still. Nice. It's it's still in it someone's mind. Yeah, never let them forget the one time one person on the internet e emailed us to let us know we were the number <laughs> ninety six sports podcast in Japan. <laughs> Empirical data that totally backed up his point. In ways that you uh, could not dispute. Well, he ha he didn't even have any data. He just flat out told hey, us. We do, hey, do we, we don't need to be s s 
entirely transparent. We're just this. trustworthy. We are trustworthy. <laughs> Carlos, shout right, out Carlos. Carlos, Carlos, reach out again, Carlos. Let it, let us know where we stand, and if you have our data for any other countries. <laughs> we know we've been streamed in other countries, but we don't know where we stack up against other sports. We're podcasts. big in Australia. We got to be pretty yeah. good there. Noise. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Mister Mister Bizana. We're the noisiest podcast in Australia. <laughs> no one plays noisy spoony like the babies. <laughs> and Mr. Bizana has turned off the podcast forever. Yeah. I, am, I am sorry, <laughs> sir. Um, well, I would like to raise my purple haze uh, to you, uh, to the season of giving and uh, thanks and perpetual joy and hope. Uh, and just thank we've said this a bunch, but thank you again to everyone who listens. Uh, and everyone who supports uh, not only just the belligerent bees athletes, but all Oregon State athletics, uh, this community that we've gotten, uh, you know, welcomed into has been by far the best part of uh, this venture and is why we come back every week and make these episodes because y'all are so fun to interact with. Uh, and just celebrating Oregon State is just something that never gets old. And we love getting the chance to do that with you, Beaver fam. So happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year. Love and good health. And unlimited endless fortune to you all go beeves chop them slancha merry christmas happy holidays cheers cheers ap please play five seconds of merry christmas happy holidays by nsync and that will be my last holiday cheer request of of the season thank you it's it is the best christmas song it's the most fun I love it so much. It You're, is good. You, you listening to this episode right now, you are vibing right now. Yeah. You, for, you so are. Even if you're um, catching up two weeks from now. Even if you're catching up two weeks from now. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's a, it's a Valentine's Day jam, too. Uh, so, yeah, get, get ready. Um, shit. We got we to gotta make some plans for Valentine's Day, don't we? All right. We'll, we'll do that offline. Uh, we got uh, – we're going to put a cork in football because it's been a very football-heavy month. Uh, and there will be a lot of this offseason will be a very football heavy offseason. Let's go to the hardwood, y'all. Yes. Um, uh, let's start with let's start with women's hoops where uh, uh, they've been the Scott Rooks team has been uh, off for a little bit over the holidays. But before they're off uh, and while, you know, our, our bowl weekend was happening and all of us were getting sick and. Ben was getting stuck and, uh, you know, schedules were, were getting thrown off. Uh, Talia Von Oppen didn't score a thousand points in a game, but uh, she almost did <laughs> in, in Maui. <laughs> uh, career high 41 points in the 96-84 win against Nevada in the first round of the Maui Classic. Most points by any beef in the Ruick era and the most since Talisa Ray scored 42 against Sacramento State in 2008. They did unfortunately drop the game to LSU the next day bringing their record to 7 and 4. Uh they're all four te- all four games they've lost are teams that are either ranked or in Duke is the one that's not but they're receiving votes. They're like top 27. They're, they would be number 27. So just the schedule keeps fucking with the vibes. Uh, of the women's team, but Talia number five in the Pac-12 right now with 18.2 points a game. Uh, so you know it's it's tough that there hasn't been. If they just get one of those four, then you can say the team has a statement win. 
Uh, but they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing, and yeah. that's w- w- beating the teams that they're supposed to, uh, and Talia scoring a ton of points. So I still think the vibes are immaculate, even with the disappointing result against LSU. Well, I love yep. seeing Talia get get to her spot in that game against Nevada. I mean, she just anytime she wanted a shot, she she got a look, and I love that aggressiveness and that assertiveness, but also just like the the the, the team style offensive play opened up a lot of that for her as well. And I mean, just some, having some extra threats on on the court, like just, I mean, I I can't say enough about Reagan Beers. I know we have our beer segment named after her at this right. point, but I still can't say enough about her and what she, her impact has been already as a freshman. And really, when you have some a big like that, like it, it helps open up the floor for someone like Talia to really take over. And some players and guards kind of shy away from that that challenge and that opportunity. And uh, she hasn't. And I I think that the losses are just showing that there's been a bit of some growing pains as they're getting used to some of these new players and their new roles. Um, and I don't expect that to continue by any means. If anything, um, it shows that we were on the cusp early on and we're still getting better and better. And I think if we played some of these games again later in the season, we'd see sure. very different results. Right. And she was on 41 points on 17 of 20. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, yeah. That no is dis- crazy. No disrespect. Like Kobe's biggest games always had like, you know, like fucking like 50 shots or something they put to get in 41 to get 41 off 20 shots that's that's that efficiency is yeah off the charts yeah well and and with only having three upperclassmen on this team right two juniors one senior like this is sort of what you expected yeah. is there to be some growing pains right. early on in the year and the hope is that they get it figured out as we go into conference and with but. one of their highest ranked rated freshmen too who also hasn't played yet so it's right like, and, we, and we don't know when she well may. so it's it's you know uh that's every team's gonna deal with stuff like that to yeah. a certain extent but like the team's never really been at the hundred percent mark ever and they're still, you know, put, putting these good results together. Um, as we mentioned, we are uh, recording this on Monday, December 26th. Uh, women's basketball has one more game before conference play gets fully underway. Uh, Tuesday night, December 27th at Gill against NC Central before uh, conference play really, really uh, gets gets going. Um yeah. Uh, any, anything else on uh, on the women's team uh, be, before we move on? Like R- Reagan's still a, a force down low. Uh, we're we're playing great with uh, our our bigs are opening a lot of games, opening up a lot of games for us. So that'll be an advantage as we get get going. Um, but I don't know. I I, th- I think we're st- we're still projected to have a pretty good season but the pac 12 is just so good this year yeah uh like i'm really excited to watch us play stanford but i don't know i don't know if you guys have watched stanford play anyone else this year <laughs> they like look like a wnba team out there yeah they're, they're fantastic. <laughs> so it's almost it's gonna take like a perfect game but i mean what we've seen uh from this group before is they don't shy away from that and they've you know they've, they've knocked off giants before so it it'll be an exciting season in the Pac-12, but definitely uh, b- big challenges ahead. When do we play Stanford? The one end of Jan- January twenty seventh is one yeah. of them. Okay, um, yeah, that's in Palo Alto, and then yeah. I don't know if we have Stanford at home this year. Do we have like UCLA is also really good. Um, we play yeah, we play UCLA at Gill on New Year's Day at noon. 
So oh, 12 wow. hours after the ball drops, you're watching the ball drop from the tip <laughs> at Gil Coliseum. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm more uh, eagerly anticipating the countdown to that 12 o'clock than the previous 12 o'clock when, <laughs> when, when I should be in bed. <laughs> um, but also, you know, Arizona is really strong again. Uh, so yeah, I think we just have Stanford the one time. Yeah, yeah we we have we draw Arizona twice, and UCLA twice, and then of course we have one more against Oregon, uh, who is good. I'll I'll say it. <laughs> Oregon. Should I mute him? They're... Yeah, please, please. <laughs> Maybe your father-in-law can listen again. If, if I if I ever start saying something nice about Coach Kelly Graves, please mute me. Uh, I don't want that in the universe. But best of luck, uh, women's basketball uh, tomorrow slash tonight slash yesterday slash whenever you listen to this against North Carolina Central, and of course, best of luck uh, with the LA schools coming up at home. Uh, that game against USC Friday, December thirtieth at six p.m. Pacific time. Uh, which is being broadcasted on Pac-12 Los Angeles, according to OSCBeavers.com. And, of mm-hmm. course, the aforementioned New Year's Day game against the UCLA Bruins at noon on Pac-12 Oregon. Uh, so, yeah, big uh, big, big games uh, coming up. And should we tease um, it that we're going to try to do a playback session for uh, one of these upcoming games? Yeah, we're gonna try to, but we don't really have a day for it. No, it's TBD. <laughs> yeah, we're TBD. We're gonna we're trying to lock keep down. it on the radar. We're trying to lock down a, a men's day, men's basketball playback date and a women's basketball playback date. I just got really excited about a new belligerent beeves merch order coming through, and it was Ben ordering a uh, Japanese drop them. <laughs> yep, <laughs> another one. Every, everyone counts. Thanks for supporting the pod, Ben. Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> Men's side. Hey, you guys, you know what? About yeah, seven wins. A couple weeks ago, the Bees were staying at four and six. Just dropped dropped a tough one against USC. And we're like, we got some home cooking coming up. Uh, we had dropped a tough one against Texas A&M as well. Seattle, Green Bay, Denver at home. You know what they say about that? The three great American cities of Seattle, Green Bay, and Denver. Uh, all of those city universities also have basketball teams and they all came to Gill and they all lost. <laughs> so <laughs> Oregon state men's hoops currently at seven and six. And now not all of these were perfect, but they, uh, you kind of blew the doors off Seattle, a 15 point win that, that could have been more, uh, the next two, two wins weren't perfect either, but Denver is like kind of a high powered offensive team. And we ended up eking out a 57-52 win against them, keep holding them to 0 of 11 from 3. So seeing some uh, seeing some positivity uh, on the defensive side of the ball for sure, and just seeing the team, you know, rattle off a few wins uh, is good for good for the camaraderie. Um, yeah. JP, were you able to uh, pay, pay any close attention uh, to any of these games? I know we were chatting with Sam Discord a little bit. Uh, Pey- Peyton heads are excited about it, but yeah. Uh, what's, what's your take on the three game winning streak for Wayne Tinkle's crew? Yeah. I mean, seeing a winning streak that isn't just uh two, two W's in a row. Like we saw one time last year about this time, um, <laughs> I is, remember that. is, uh, it's, it's very, um, refreshing and exciting. Um, I, 
and you know we have in the notes of course about glenn taylor jr and mm -hmm. i just think that that's such a big part of this team's success is him just letting the game come to him a bit more um making sure that he's not forcing shots or just trying to get buckets to help the team but really kind of playing as part of his role in the offense and i've, I've felt like he's kind of slowed down in a good way over these right. last few games um and he's not trying to do too much so uh, with his progression and then some of the other guys just really kind of falling more into their deeper into their roles. Um, I, I, I'm really excited about what this team can do. I said a couple of weeks ago that this team can make a lot of noise in a postseason run and mm -hmm. I still believe it. And I think we're seeing all of those kind of building blocks getting put together uh, well, like one at a time. Um, there's one thing though, I think that still is a thorn in our side and it's winning away from Gil. And so I right. really am looking forward to what happens on New Year's Eve when we go down to Eugene, uh, and play Oregon. And it's gonna be a tough task for us, right? but it's, we gotta, we gotta get that win outside of Gil. And it's been, and a, it's been a problem with Tinkle's programs forever, but they, they this do team needs that confidence builder. And the ducks do look vulnerable. Yeah, they're sitting yep. at seven and six too. This is a game they absolutely can win, and I think uh, that great twenty twenty one season. I know it was much later in the year, but there a lot of up and down <clears throat> through the regular season with that as well. And I do. Th it was a win at Matthew Knight that I think really kind of started to ignite that team and get them to believe that like, oh, we aren't just gonna do whatever we need to do to like have this like look respectable enough like we can we yeah. can go on a run here and just see how far we can take this yeah i i think that um i mean we, we've talked about this all season about how this team is going to be streaky in part because they're so young uh but one thing that i really like is is it's been evident that tinkle has made defense sort of the staple of this team yep. and um when you have people like joel who uh is uh obviously like still sort of learning the game um, he's going to develop throughout the season. Uh, and if you can win the boards and, and sort of lock down on the defensive end, you're going to be in every game or most games. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of learning through the conference season. Um, and I think you, you might see this team get hot near the end of the season, sort of what we saw in 2021. Right. We also need to mention that this last, this three game winning streak while not against, you know, <laughs> a Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, uh, gar like, <laughs> run of competition or whatever. Uh, but the flu has absolutely ripped through this team uh, in True. recent weeks. Like, it, I mean, that's just something that, that happens. It's through the course of a season, there's going to be injuries and illness, whatever. Uh, but for them to kind of navigate those, uh, you know, rough waters a little bit, with guys be dif different levels of sick different uh levels of availability uh to get that win against denver where it looked pretty hairy for a while uh and that was you know last uh like wednesday i believe um yeah it was last wednesday and then they're off until new year's eve so they get a full 10 days between games um when they play uh oregon uh on new year's eve uh 5 p.m for that game on pac-12 network uh that's so they're it's that that that's a break that's coming at the right time. Sometimes you see that you know winning streak, and it's like oh like let's not let go of the momentum. Like we need we need three more games in the next ten days. I think it's a well timed break for them, and they can kind of you know get some rest, reassess. You go into a long sort of off period, feeling good about what you've done so far, knowing that a couple of these games got away. Like 
either or both of those Portland State games, then you're feeling quite a bit better about your record. And yeah. USC. And the US the USC game, of course, too. Not to mention the fucking Duke game. Right. Um, but yeah, it's and like but with so for how young this team is, and it's impossible to do, but we really do need to uh, analyze this team with a blank slate and not let last year sort of hang over stuff. Hardly any of the guys were there. I know as a, as a fan, we all went through it and it, it's okay to hold Tinkle accountable and still be upset about it. But I think, you know, they're doing a good job of playing without any of that, the, those, you know, dark shadows, uh, like being, being cast over them. They're, they're playing as themselves and they're, they're playing hard for each other too. And just, we, you know, talked about it on the pod and then also a little bit more like off the record, like the Glenn Taylor Jr. just having a tough start to the season uh, definitely probably like could, could have been the difference in some of those close losses, uh, not to put it on him, but just last year we saw him play so well in so many of these difficult games. And like JP, you're right. I feel like he was just kind of trying to force the issue too much. And he's he's already good enough. He doesn't need to play that way. So these mm-hmm. last three games, I know it's playing at home, but to see him averaging 15 points a game and see us beat teams that we should beat, like that's a good sign. Uh, and for a team that's developing and, and growing. And unlike the women's team, I think the conference is open this year. I think the conference is vulnerable. I think it's a weak year for Pac-12 men's basketball. And there is there will be a way to there, there's a path to being towards the top of the, those standings at, at the end of the year and getting yourself in a position to where you're in a conversation for NCAA or NIT. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen right now. I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't predict an NCAA tournament based on the 13 games that I've watched, but like we weren't doing that for the 2021 team either. And it's just it's just been nice to see them play uh, them getting these wins and i think that the noticeable development is is important is especially important for young guys uh and important for tinkle as well too just to remind him like yeah you can coach winning basketball like last year was hard on tinkle too <laughs> and yeah so i i think uh, it's a good week for them and i hope this has been a great week of rest and a great week of uh practice and preparation for uh uh, when conference play really gets uh, going. Because, yeah, the re- rest of the way, uh, no more non-conference games uh, for the men's team. It's all Pac-12 uh, until hopefully mid-March when we p- will play someone else in some postseason tournament. Damn right. Yeah, I, like, I, if I'm being honest, I think that uh, what I would be, what I'm looking for this season is the development of, like, uh sort of our 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 main players on the court and hopefully going into next season with some really high expectations anything more than that is icing on the cake for this team because they are so young right um so yeah but yeah i mean obviously we're all bullish on the play that we've seen out of jordan pope and he's uh, yeah. one of those young players and wears number zero because there's zero ways to stop him. Uh, <laughs> and then like guys like, like Rocheland has only played four games, but he's played really well uh, in, right. in those four games. Uh, we've only seen three games of Christian Wright since he came back from uh, uh, his injury. But I think we, we've liked what, he've, what we've seen from him as well. So kind of getting that, like, I think the, I think the Rocheland Wright um, activation kind of ignited a, li- a little bit of energy. 
and <clears throat> neither of them are just like i think you can like that can be a stigma where it's like oh like look at how energetic they are off the bench uh it like they're, they're talented players who bring more to the game than just pure energy but just having you know two two more bodies in there uh some more muscle uh more talent just sort of shows the different ways we can be even further versatile on the court uh and just show like there's reinforcements <laughs> with, yeah. with the team so um i i'm still not at the point where it's just like yeah wins and losses is how, the way to judge this season benny as you mentioned uh but yeah, they're 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 putting you know solid tape and and solid stats uh, on on record right now, uh, and that is more than what we could say at this time last year. One hundred percent. And if we do, and fuck it, it's always a big thing to beat Oregon. So if they win on New Year's Eve, we're rolling into twenty twenty three hot. Like, <laughs> so hot. Yeah, we already guaranteed. We already guaranteed a a, a not losing record going into the new year, and having that right. winning record winning at Matthew Knight on the fucking bar floor like the worst floor are you serious the worst floor it's so bad did you see somebody asked Roberto Nelson about playing on that floor recently yeah yeah no he was like oh it was, was terrible on Instagram or something yeah or, he yeah. he just shredded it it well, was so good I wish and, I could find it <laughs> in light of some of the earlier conversation on positive things I'd say about the University of Oregon there aren't a ton of them but Matt Court was legitimately awesome. Yeah. So that just makes yeah. me hate this arena so much more, even though like, oh, I know it's money and you want toys or whatever. But that floor sucks. No one at Oregon likes that floor. You well, any anyone who says that, I'm just calling bullshit. I don't believe any of you who say that. Yeah, Mac MacArthur Court, man, like that was a fortress. It was an sure. incredible venue. Like, yeah objectively it was an amazing place to watch basketball and it had history and heritage and culture but no let's build a monstrosity that looks like benny just threw up a bunch of tequila after too many at sancho's <laughs> on a thursday night <laughs> that the floor looks like your bathroom floor after a four sancho special night on a thursday during syllabus week Man, I, <laughs> do you know how many times I thought to myself yesterday, have I ever been this hungover uh, with being so sick? And if, I couldn't think of a time. If you ever think that question, the answer is yes. No, I couldn't <laughs> think of a time. It's like, have I been here before? Have I been this hungover before? And I couldn't think of it. But you're but not just hungover. I don't know. You're also sick, right? Yeah. Well, no, I was just throwing up everywhere. He was like, just Uncontrollably. Sick. Right. That's awful. Well, you're probably going to be that sick again on New Year's Eve when you turn this game on and have to look at that fucking floor again. Oh, sounds so gross. <laughs> but that's it. The women have already played there. So even like the – we'll have to play there again probably before New Year's 2024. But for the first few months of 2023 and then the rest of 2023 after basketball season's over, you're scot-free, Jay. You don't have to look at that floor Thank again. Thank God. <laughs> I'd rather go look at my bathroom floor yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> oh man uh anything else on uh on basketball guys no no nope. nah? oh shit we have our, our new uh our new oh, basketball segment yeah, yeah. oh uh, yeah, yeah, introducing yeah the official uh we can't talk about the basketball team without still further hyping up our, our favorite basketball player donovan grant who just has the the most infectious radiant incredible energy of pretty much any basketball player i've ever seen uh donovan grant 
if you're listening, we love you. Uh, <laughs> Benny, I think you tweeted at Donovan Grant's mom, like, I lo- legitimately love your son or something, maybe. <laughs> but just flooring with uh, admiration. So drum roll, please. This is the official belligerent beeves Donovan Grant vibes meter. Uh, the vibes meter is named in honor of Donovan Grant and his impeccable, inscrutable, impenetrable vibes that he brings to the Oregon State University men's basketball program and the whole world around him. How the Donovan Grant vibes meter works is Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage looks at the basketball team and in his infinite wisdom tells us what the vibes are. So Benny, on this <laughs> on this late December night of 2022 with the Bees staying at seven and six after three straight wins in a row at legendary Gill Coliseum, what is the Donovan Grant vibes meter telling you? I would uh, give this team seven leaping Donovan Grants. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, the look like and we don't uh, we I, I don't, don't we don't get a rubric either for what these things mean. You just imagination. <laughs> <laughs> seven leaping I, uh, Donovan Grants. Okay, perfect. Seven nice. leaping Donovan Grants. I I think. Um, I, it feels like it's more this way at Oregon State than a, a, at other schools, but we like, especially us three, like love watching a team that loves playing with each other. And last year we were depraved of that. We we'll did just, not have that at all. We'll just say there, there was no, there's no lovey dubby. There's no warm fuzzy concept contest happening. Right, right, room. right. And I think you match that. You, so you match it this year with having a team that does seemingly love playing with each other uh, and a team that's developing, um, I, I would say, the right way and quickly. Uh, and and I think that gives us a lot of room for optimism. Thus, the seven leaping Donovan Grants. Mm, okay. The vibe is good. Is it the seven vibe, out of vibe, seven or eight or ten? It's just seven I, leaping Donovan Grants. We'll okay, see where yeah. we're at next week. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can't, you know, you, you can't force these things into boxes, JP. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just got to take what the universe is giving you and interpret it yourself. But uh, I, I think it, to put that in lay terms, the vibes are good. So yes. at, at some point we'll have an actual meter, like a graphic meter with like an arrow. But right, so right now that arrow is towards with whatever bullish. the best is yeah <laughs> they're good in a bullish way <laughs> bullishly good vibes <laughs> if it was a fear greed index i'm greedy i'm greedy on on the men's basketball you're gre- team you're, you're gre- greedy greedy on the vibes uh yeah all, all good vibes uh that and good vibes on uh, on this podcast and uh, good vibes uh for the volleyball team uh as well uh, we've 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 got a big welcome to make y'all. Uh, welcome to new volleyball head coach, uh, Lindsay Bahanek. Uh, great get for for the Bees volleyball program. She's been a part of the staff at Pitt. Shout out our friend Yogi Roth, legendary Pitt Panther. Uh, she's been at Pitt for the past ten seasons, which has included seven consecutive trips to the NCAA tournament and coming off back to back trips to the Final Four in 2021 and 2022. Uh, so that's great. Yeah, for for, the, for this program that ha- that has a lot of history and has obviously some pretty damn talented uh, athletes, um, and this year just you know was was in a lot of games, but just couldn't uh, 
seal a deal. Uh, thank you. Mark Barnhart had been the head coach for many, many years, uh, been part of the program for a while before retiring. So thank you, Coach Barnhart. But this could be this could ignite a, a pretty exciting uh, future for Oregon State Volleyball. And I don't know if you guys watched that championship game between Louisville and Texas. Ben, I know you didn't because you were playing blackjack as it was happening. And I was <laughs> <laughs> exhausted and recovering in my room. Uh, but maybe so I, uh Dude, if if we make a run in volleyball, we're we're going. Oh hell yeah! And uh, JP, legendary volleyball player. Yeah, you can you know, break out your uh, your incredible uh, X's and O's knowledge of, yeah. of the game, or I'll just pepper with somebody for fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So welcome, Coach Bahonik. Um, if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, please yell at me. That's kind of how uh, this works, and uh, we'll never get it wrong again. Hey, uh, I, I want to say though, I'm excited about this, and here's why: because I think the Oregon State a lot of times in some of these like, I guess Olympic sports or or non revenue sports, um, we we don't tend to draw the up and comer as a coach. We we typically end up with the uh, especially a, a program like volleyball that has not had a lot of success lately, we tend to, to land the roving coach, right? Someone who lost right. the other gig, um, but in a, at an equal type of program, and they just were, we're looking for a coach, they're looking for a job, and they come over. I'm really excited about this because I do feel like she's learned a ton being at Pitt. She can apply yeah. that knowledge to Oregon State. She can instill a winning culture. She can recruit really well, and she can obviously coach really well, and she's learned from some of the best. So, I think that this is a huge get for the program, and and volleyball has had a, a pretty rich past, as you mentioned, Terry. So, I, I just love to see them get back on track, and I think that uh, she's the right coach to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know that that's a good point, and I think even in a larger sense, it does feel like Oregon State is investing in all of their athletic yep. programs right yep. now. Um, it's a, it's certainly a different feel than what it has been you know, in decades past. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you look at last year with, with uh, Coach Nicola coming on, right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like, we, yeah. we, we finally upgraded. We, we got someone on the up. It wasn't like we just right. caught somebody who also was jobless while we were coachless. So right. I right. love this. I love this get. Right. And that's a good strategy, too. One, it, it's giving – it's providing an opportunity. Uh, but also it's – for, selfishly from a strategic standpoint like it makes more sense it's also you can even look at that as being a strategy for why you know jonathan smith was a good hire for for the football program exactly. is getting that coach and then be like okay like you're you this may be your first head coaching job or like you're sort of coming into that period of your career when like being a great head coach is like this is when it would happen for you so we want to take the swing help make that happen for you and then if it works, we'll do everything we can to keep you here rather than get the person who's like maybe been a great head coach before and like left somewhere for whatever reason is kind of just looking for whatever. And like, cause that coach will always be like, oh, there's a bigger program. Dennis somewhere. Erickson. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, hey, when you, and there, there's a very specific period of time and ambition that that works for <laughs> that higher Worked great yeah, for Oregon exactly. State. <laughs> it honestly did. It worked great for Miami. Uh, not so much for any of the NFL teams he coached. Not but the Niners. <laughs> not the Niners, not the Seahawks. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I think I'll be excited to see uh, what this what this means for volleyball. And it's it's a competitive conference. There's obviously a ton of talent in, in the pack for, for volleyball. And so that's also been 
you know, part, part of it is it's just kind of a gauntlet when you look at their schedule. So uh, she has her work cut out for, for her, but um, yeah, it should be excited. So exciting. So welcome, Coach. Uh, we'll excited to get to know you better. And uh, yeah, volleyball will be a, another big uh, reason for a very exciting fall in the Paris of the Pacific Northwest and the campus of the Harvard of the Pac-12 in September, October, and beyond 2023. Uh, on some, I was going to say, hold on, before we transition to this, I mean, it's part of this transition. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about the up and comers, when you bring on the up and comer and they're successful, mm-hmm. this is what happens when we transition to uh, our next segment. Part, yes, partially. Um, you're always going to risk losing people, and we have to say happy trails, uh, good night, and good luck, and also thank you to men's soccer head coach uh, and uh, Philomath High School graduate, Terry Boss, uh, who is leaving uh, Oregon State men's soccer after a fucking incredible five-year run uh, yeah. as head coach. Uh, took the, Got the team its, its first uh, conference championship, uh, got the number one seed in the NCAA tournament, made it to the Elite Eight, uh, Coach Gloria Ma- Amanda to a you know, Mac Herman trophy win. Had guys like Sofian Jafal and Siki Sabalian get uh, drafted into MLS, super drafted, immediately become great MLS contributors. Uh, Terry Boss is a boss and is a fantastic coach. Uh, at the moment, uh, he is leaving for a job in the professional ranks. And at this moment, 9.15 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, December 26th, we don't know what that is. I'm speculating that it's a like top assistant job in MLS somewhere. Uh, he's Where? I don't know which which one. Say, well, how come it hasn't been announced they, yet? I don't know why it wouldn't be announced, but I, I feel like the the the, the verbiage is, around his departure is like he's leaving to pursue, not leaving in lieu. Of, that could be uh, it too. That could be it too. But I, I, it's Major League Soccer's off season right now, so that's why I think it's there's very few other leagues that are off right now. Most of them are just starting after being off for the world cup so he could he could just be leaving and uh and trying to get a job that's in professional soccer and he's just doing you know right by oregon state to just say hey like i'm gonna let you know as as much ahead of time as possible so that you can conduct your national search uh with as much time um as i can give you uh so that could be it as well um but there's i mean i'm kind of thinking he's probably got something lined up but i don't that's pure speculation on on uh, on my part so but he's certainly qualified for a top assistant job in totally soccer and i'd say I, I would think most of those jobs do pay more yes. than probably most yeah ncaa head coaching positions do and if that's his dream you can't hold that against him. Yeah. I mean, right. he played professionally, so if he wants to coach there too, like that's the that's the and pinnacle then, of a of a U.S. American right. soccer players like. You and know, there have been some guys career. who have gone from college soccer to major league soccer head coach. Uh, for our, our Timbers fans, listeners, you know Caleb Porter is one of those guys. But I think if you're if you're on the bench already uh, on a coaching staff in major league soccer, you're closer to the front of the line for when a head coaching position in MLS or somewhere else opens up than you are when you are a head coach of a men's soccer team in NCAA. Um, that's also speculation. I may be projecting a little bit on uh, on that. Uh, I haven't been in, I have not been in a room of people discussing 
potential coaching options. Uh, I have not almost gotten fired for leaking that kind of information. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Contrary to popular belief. But yeah, so um, thank you, Coach Boss. Best of luck. Um, If you got something lined up or waiting for the next opportunity, we know it will be great. And uh, we will be waiting with bated breath for uh, whoever uh, is the new head coach of Oregon State men's soccer. I nominate Andy Snacks. Ooh, me too. (laughs) Agreed. Hey, guys, speaking of Terry Boss, did you guys know who his brother is? It's yeah. Kevin Boss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who played yeah. for uh, the Super, Giants. Super Bowl champion, Kevin Boss. That's right, yeah. Oh, West, wow. West, Western Oregon yeah. University's finest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Shout out to Kevin Kevin Boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a, a, a time. Born in Corvallis, by the way. Exactly. Uh, at a Blazers game after that Super Bowl that Kevin Boss was at and he was sitting courtside, not in a Blazers jersey. And they someone on the like events programming staff went over with like a Joel Prisbilla jersey and he put <laughs> oh, it God, on. I forgot about and that and they had a, a thing of footballs and Kevin Boss would pick them up. It was like during the t shirt toss and Kevin Boss would pick up a football, sign it and throw it into the crowd. He launched like a dozen autographed footballs into the crowd. It was, it was one of the most lit t-shirt tosses ever. <laughs> he did have like a three-year run of being like a fantasy football relevant tight yeah. end in, in the NFL, which is – that's three years longer than most people. So yep. <laughs> shout out Kevin Boss. Very talented family. Clearly. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Any, any other shout outs from you two? Hmm. Any other Christmas anecdotes where any of you visited by three or more spirits any of these nights? Mm. Maybe JP was just no. throwing up spirits. <laughs> Not spirits. <laughs> I wish I was throwing up spirits. <laughs> it would have been much more like a short term. I have a random question for you guys. More oh, no. of like Oregon, Oregon State trivia here. Ooh, so I love it when Benny does trivia. So there were there have been three under Wikipedia, and don't look this up. There's been three. <laughs> Here's where notable, to find it, but don't do it. <laughs> there's been three notable non-varsity sports that have been started at Oregon State, or Oregon State has created a team since we left school, which was in let's just say 2011. Um, like. <laughs> I love that it needs to be ambiguous. <laughs> to say around this time. So give me one of them. Wait. One of the three. Okay. So and are they still club level? Yep. No, club level or they're they're they were created as club level since they, they, we left school. They yeah, so they're not um intramural sports. They're we play we can intercollegiate. We can compete, but it's not okay. Is wow. uh is robotics one? Nope. Esports. No. Ooh, those are good guesses though. Oh, fuck. Um. Rugby. Women's, women's lacrosse. No, but rugby and lacrosse are two no- notable non varsity sports. Right. They had uh Trent Trentosaurus played on the rugby team when we were in school. He did. Yeah. Mm. So did Elvis. They, they Shout were, out they Elvis. Were solid. 
I won't drop Elvis' yeah. last name just to protect him. Shout out Elvis. If you know Elvis. That's why I stuck with Trentosaurus. If you went to Harrison's Bar and Grill, you know Elvis. Oh, shout out Elvis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't you look um, at Jiffy Lube too? I don't know. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the 9th Street Jiffy Lube was fire. Uh, okay. One fire. more guess. So, okay, so it's lacrosse, lacrosse and rugby have already been there. Track and field. No. 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 They, they moved up. Oh, shit, Benny. S- swimming. Hockey. No. Damn it's it. Disc golf. Oh. That's, that tracks. <laughs> Fucking Oregon. <laughs> rock climbing. What? I Dude, I was thinking rock climbing. I, I honestly was. The rock wall, dude. Yeah, you can't go The rock wall at Dixon was like a real big like first date spot at Oregon. <laughs> There's always people on dates there. All these guys, all you sporty fit people who live in Oregon and go to Oregon State. Okay, wait, so rock climbing, disc golf, and what's the third one? Bass fishing. <laughs> That's awesome, right? Competitive bass fishing? Yeah. Competitive I was, pr- bass I was pretty good at the bass fishing game on Dreamcast. See, I oh, would nice. just go bass fishing and be bad at it, but just love the vibes. Just right. hanging oh, out yeah. on the water, right. using mm-hmm. all the technology to see the fish down below, right. but yeah. not catching yep. them. I've had Dude, those so I've fun. had eleven beers and a perfect day. I think. Yeah. Gold medal, please. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the Donovan I, Grant vibes meter says my vibes are the best. I have the most leaping Donovans. I am a national champion, Oregon State bass fisherman. You have twenty Donovan Grant fist bumps. Oh, right. yes. new, yeah. new life goal is to go bass fishing with Donovan Grant. That'd be yeah. cool. We, we can set that up. Yeah, let's uh, let's 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 maybe through NIL that, that <laughs> Yeah, Donovan. However, what we'll send you tell us your rate. Yeah, however much you want to spend, you need for spending a few hours in a boat with. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll 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 bring like a professional. We'll, it'll be a guided bass fishing day. W- there you with, go. With I think we need someone to even just steer the boat. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be so fun. Let's do that. <laughs> um, all right. I think that uh, if we start when we start planning these outings, I think that means it's time for us to to get out of here and get to bed. I have to go back to work tomorrow. No, oh, no, not I. No, I'm not going to try. Either. It's okay. I'm not going to try very hard. You guys, let's be real. <laughs> uh, but yes, to you, Beaver fam, uh, happy holidays once again. Uh, no matter what you celebrate, hope it was fun and joyous and safe, uh, and that you got a uh, got some cool shit and got to see some cool folks and had some cool times uh we appreciate you spending uh, a few of your uh, available cool times with us the belligerent beeves on this 77th episode of the belligerent beeves podcast this transfer portal victorious episode of the belligerent beeves podcast this immaculate Do- vibes on the donovan grant vibes meter episode of the belligerent beeves podcast this final recorded episode of 2022 this is the last one y'all next time you hear us it will be 2023 
we ha- will have no plans of recording another episode until 2023. I won't make the next year joke, but we'll see you next year. <laughs> I just did it. Uh, so thank you again for the the first full calendar year of this podcast. We honestly can't believe what this has turned into. Uh, how it's grown. I hesitate to say growth because I, I don't know that we've done anything to grow it, but y'all sure as hell have. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for being here, for interacting with us, and for your incomparable energy and enthusiasm. For Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12, located in beautiful Corvallis, Oregon, the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, thank you for tuning in to this year-end episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. My name is as always is terry horstman at terry horstman on twitter at terence horstman on instagram and i am of course joined as i always am by my beautiful fantastic illustrious amazing handsome as hell co-host jp bertram at jp bertram on instagram and at the trio j on twitter that's at the underscore trio underscore jay because he's too trill to be real and he's wearing pearls but only half pearls and the other half's <laughs> a chain and there's probably a, a two chains reference that's really yeah, obvious but it's not it's not he oh he wears half pearls even when he's in the house and he's in the house right now because he's still probably sick <laughs> as fuck uh, but that's jp bertram in portland um and then hailing from Tacoma, Washington is the man with a thousand names and a thousand more skills. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks, a.k.a. Benny Bullgame, a.k.a. Benny Burner, because that's, <laughs> that's Charles M. That's that's the one that I was trying to think of that we we made up uh, and, uh, you know, and many, many, many others uh, at Benny L 1986 on all the social media channels. You are the Beaver fam and we are the belligerent beeves. That's at belligerent beeves on Twitter at belligerent beeves on Instagram. Uh, not at belligerent beeves on truth social because I think only two people are actually on that fucking thing. Uh, we're on <laughs> Facebook under something if people are still using Facebook, uh, and probably uh, at belligerent beeves on the Nike sneakers app. Uh, send us shoes if you have them. I wear size 11. Uh, thank you again for tuning into another episode. Please rate and review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else. One, two, three, four, five stars only. Leave a review if that's something that your podcast provider allows. And please, please share the show with a friend. Do that right now. Share it with the duck fan in your life. Be like, haha, you don't have a podcast as cool and funny and charming and cute as this. And we still beat you 38, 34 running 19 consecutive times. Uh, has anyone else ever ran 19 consecutive times in any football game uh, since they wore leather helmets and shit? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, but we did and we beat you. So ha 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 uh, for the 77 episodes we've made and the 77 more and everything awaiting all of us in 2023. Uh, I can't wait for the ball to drop. I won't see you guys on New Year's Eve, but I wish I was going to so that I could kiss both of your sick asses and we could all just be sick together and have to (laughs) quarantine together and just watch Oregon State highlights and talk shit. Uh, It would be amazing. Thank you again. (laughs) And best of luck to everyone in the new year. Best of luck with your New Year's resolutions. I hope there's a lot of fame and fortune awaiting us all but no matter what happens good or bad big or small large or petty no matter what 
You cannot spell Chopham without hope. Not in 2022, not in 2023, or any year in the future. So, Chopham! 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 And bring back Bernice. Done.